Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted by Ed M, Ed P, Mike, and myself, Steve. Um, who would like to start? What's the most important story of the week? Raise your hand if you got one. I think we're all going to raise our hand for the uh, same story. Mike is smiling. It's been, Mike. it's been a kind of slow week. I'm, I'm not really sure what to bring up. But what do you think with this guy on Fox News? What's the thing? It is interesting. Is everybody think that is the biggest story of the week? <laughs> why? I guess is kind of an interesting question. Oh, why? Because he was a dissident voice on the mainstream media, which is doesn't happen very. No, often. I didn't say why was he shocked. Uh, why is it the most important story of the week? That's why I said because wow. he's a dissident voice on the mainstream media, and there aren't very many of them. But he's the most powerful one today. <laughs> That's the that's the big thing. He's numero I think, it's a, I think it's a big story, but I don't even think it's that big of a story, to be honest. I mean, especially I'm kind of surprised to hear Ed Powell say it, because, Ed, you've said over and over again that that Tucker's got handcuffs on him, that he's limited in what he can say. Clearly. I mean, to me, this was something that was always on the horizon and always yeah. coming sooner rather than later. Um. Yeah, I mean, this could have a cleansing effect, right? Because a lot of people now are off the Fox bandwagon. They're they're getting rid of their Fox Nation subscriptions. The, the, the question to me is, you know, okay, what happens next? It, it's similar in a way to when the, the social media companies were suppressing us and kicking people well, off. I think... We, I where, think what, what is the outlet that they're going to go to that's going to become big? Is it Newsmax? What, what's going to... Well, even before we get to that, I, I just, I think that it, it bears comment that... I don't think that financial finances are at all a motivating factor here. Um, I think that Fox is using the the CNN MSNBC model. Um, those those shows go on even though they don't have an audience and they don't have a lot of sponsors. Um, obviously, I mean, you don't get rid of your biggest star and your biggest money maker. And not just your big, I mean, by far your biggest moneymaker and the and the guy who's not just your biggest moneymaker on Fox, but who's leading your, your efforts to go into streaming, which is the next big uh, revenue stream in, in media entertainment. I mean, Fox Nation was built on Tucker Carlson and to fire him and it not even be over anything public. I mean, it's not like, you know, he had a drunken stupor or anything or he raped someone or there were criminal obligations or anything. I mean, to do it over whatever such flimsy reasons, it's obviously not about money. It's about narrative. It's about storytelling. It's about control. Of course. He, he, it, it tells you that he's telling the truth. Okay. We, so don't, we, we, don't know why he, we don't know why Tucker was fired. There's a lot of rumors going around. Um, you know, one rumor is that he wanted to talk about the Dominion uh, Fox News settlement and the um, and the powers that be didn't want to do that. There's another uh, rumor going around that um, R Rupert Murdoch is very uncomfortable with uh, openly religious people, and, and Tucker has said some religious things over the last few weeks. Uh, there's another rumor going around that um, he wanted to, uh, um, that, that there is this um there's this woman who's accused uh oh, Abby, of Tucker and everything of, of of a hostile work environment 
Yeah. And they wanted to get out in front of that and, and fire Tucker and this producer. Um, I, I do know that, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the whole hostile work environment thing is very subjective and it depends on what kind of a jury you get and what kind of a judge you get. And I, I don't know anything about the case. I'm sure it's nonsense. Um, but, uh, like most of those cases are, um, but it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's hard to see why you would, why you would give up, you know, what amounts to billions of dollars, um, and not just settle with this woman and, and have it go away. Uh, so I don't, I don't quite know, um, what the reason is. I, nobody knows whether, uh, you know, Tucker quit or Murdoch fired him. There's a rumor going around each way. Well, I don't think he quit. But one of my main questions is, I'm not hearing the Schumer name that often with this story. And why? And does anybody think it's because of that? That's a big deal. Well, yeah, I mean, Schumer is being fired. Schumer, AOC and the ADL have called routinely for him to be fired. And uh, but that's not un unusual, right? I mean, we've, we've had Rush Limbaugh in the past called the be it thrown off the air and get rid of his advertisers. This right, this thing smacks me more like he he was he was he was over the the target. You know what I mean? Everything that the subject matter that he was bringing up, whether it was January sixth or whatever it was, uh, the Ukraine just, war probably just went too too far, and people in high places had had enough. I don't think it's personal to Tucker. I mean, I, Mike, I think that that's a good theory and it may, you may be right about that, but, you know, as I mentioned to you guys privately a couple days ago, I don't, I see this connected to Bongino leaving last week as well. And I think that it's, it indicates a shift in emphasis at Fox that they're looking at going in a different direction with their ideological viewpoint. That's what I think. Tucker's hit pretty I hard on the Ukraine war. And I'm pretty sure that's a very big deal because yeah, I, I, if you if you look at okay, I said Tucker's a dissident, and there's very few dissidents in the world. Now, I, I mean that, but let's look at you know what he's a dissident on. You know, number one that annoys the deep state is his pointing out that they're continually lying about the Ukraine war. Um, as, you know, we're not fighting for freedom, we're not fighting for democracy. In fact, they openly admit that uh, the whole purpose is, is basically to bleed Russia and, uh, and get a um, you know, regime change from Putin, which is not ever going to happen, ever. There's nothing we can do in Ukraine that is ever going to have the regime change. Um, we are bleeding Russia, we're also bleeding Ukraine. Um, so he pointed that out. Um, and that goes against the deep state narrative. And then he was he 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 was uh a, a, the very questioning of the vaccine efficacy um which i think he was ahead of the curve i mean wasn't rfk junior ahead of the curve but he or flccc ahead of the curve but he was ahead of the curve um with the idea that the vaccines don't do anything and uh he he was ahead of the curve with um a lot of the other uh lock anti-lockdownism and, and anti-fauciism um, so that's a narrative. And I think the third narrative is the January 6th narrative, where he pointed out that, um, you know, while there was a riot, uh, 
there were also a bunch of peaceful people and they were um, being treated terribly compared to other peaceful protests that have gone on in the Capitol. Uh, it's not so much that they didn't break the law by going into the Capitol. It's that the plenty of people break the law by going and protesting in the Capitol and they get slapped with a $250 fine and let go, um, which is what should have happened to almost all of the people on January 6th. Is, but, you but know, all, most of them were nonviolent. All the Fox hosts at night, Hannity, Laura Ingram, they've been all over Fauci for a couple of years now. Now, maybe Tucker was ahead of the curve, but I just don't think that that's what triggered this. I, I think maybe the Ukraine war, but the Ukraine the, war, the, January the, 6th, the J6 stuff, I think, was a big thing. Once he got his hands on those tapes and he was putting it out. Yeah, there, they prevented him from they, he, he ran that Tansley story. And then he stopped. Dahman, and then he just stopped. And no. look, obviously, he was told to stop. By the way, obviously. Somebody alluded to uh, the question of if he and Fox were given those exclusively. And I remember one of our very smart people on this panel said that's a little bit weird. What happens to them now? Well, I, um, McCarthy, uh, the, the Speaker of the House said that he was going to give them to all of the um, networks. He just gave uh, Fox a heads up. I think that didn't happen. When Tucker repeated the story of uh, Chansley on one of his most recent shows, he showed the same clip of Chansley being led around the Capitol. But when they got to one particular door, in a clip that had been shown in its entirety before, the door was blurred out. I don't know why, obviously some sort of security thing. Um, that makes me think that McCarthy rescinded his, you know, you can show all the tapes thing. And again, it's a deep state thing, you know, it's a security, you know, it's a security thing. But why that particular door was was blurred out when it hadn't been in the original two or three reports about this, I have no idea. It just was a door. I remember looking at it, it was just a door, but it was blurred out. And that that made me think that um, something happened. So, so I do may, not think we're going to see squashed. any of the footage. Right, it may be squashed. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any of the footage from any anybody. I think... Um, somebody got to McCarthy. Uh, it wasn't the Capitol Police because um, they they are McCarthy's employees. You know, a long time ago, a long time ago, probably in the 18th century, um, it was decided that the Speaker of the House was the CEO of the Capitol. And so even though you think the House and the Senate are equal branches of the legislature, that's not true. So uh, the, the Speaker of the House is the CEO. Everybody reports to him who works for the Capitol. So if he wanted to override the Capitol Police's recommendations, he could. Um, and he did. I mean, he did. And that now he's not. So it's obvious that... But the uh, thing is, guys, Tucker ended his show Friday fully believing he was coming on the air on Monday. Nobody... Dis, no, nobody disputes that something happened over the weekend or Monday morning that led to him getting. Wow. I mean, I don't know that he got fired. I mean, I still think that the most likely explanation is they made a demand on him and he gave them the middle finger and whether they fired him for giving the middle finger or he said, wow. I'm just not doing it and I'm leaving. I, I don't think I don't know. I mean, well or no, and I don't know that it matters, but that seems like the most likely 
explanation to me. Yeah, but I, I think there could be credence to him wanting to clear his own name, that, right? That, that report that he wanted to go on the air and, and talk about Dominion and whatever his role or lack thereof was. But and, what is, I mean, I, I'm curious about that. I mean, why does he need to clear his name on that? I mean, he called Sidney huh? Powell out as a liar. I mean, and I, I mean, Mike, I don't know if you remember it. I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. I called her out as a liar even before Tucker did. Right. And one second, one second. Time well, for a tagline. What's the tagline of the show? Ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve, as always. I don't know why that, why that requires any kind of, I mean, what did he do yeah. that needs clearing of his name? I mean, he called her names. I mean, she deserved to be called names. She was a, she was a liar. Okay. But you know, it, this is the aftermath of everything that just happened. And maybe he wanted to rehash everything that he had done and show clips of what he did on the show. I, I don't know. But, it, but again, you know what I I'm mean, saying? let's just say, let's assume all that's true. Their credibility was isn't that inconsistent with what you got, what we're all saying about Fox wanting to, to move on. I mean, if he's, if he's attacking Sidney Powell and he's attacking the attacks on dominion, I mean, wouldn't that be consistent with where they're trying to go with, with the settlement with Dominion. I mean, it's not like Fox is looking to keep fighting that battle there. It seems to me like they're looking to move on from it. And if Tucker just wanted to underscore that the attacks on Dominion were bullshit, why would they have any objection to that? I don't it know. That's, sense that's to good, me. I mean, that's a good question. I, I look, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything for, for true. I mean, last week we understood that, the, you know, the, the Dominion was confused with the Smartmatic. There is some allegations out there that Smartmatic is somehow linked to Venezuela or something like that. I don't know whether those are true or not. Um, but Dominion wasn't suit, eh? linked. Yeah, Dominion wasn't linked to Venezuela. And so claiming that it was is obviously um, not true. Um, but even if something is not true, if it's an honest mistake, it's not necessarily liable. And I, I don't know well, what only that is. I mean, it was newsworthy, right? I mean, even if somebody's a yeah. liar, to put a liar on TV and, and show this is what somebody is saying, that doesn't mean you're adopting what they say or asserting that it's true. I mean, the whole thing, it, 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 there's a lot that's just weird and- There is a lot that's completely off about the whole Dominion settlement. Uh, it might be, I mean, there is a lot of speculation in the press. One, that Murdoch wants to get rid of Fox. He wants to sell, you know, his, when when Disney bought Fox, they spun off the news division into its own company. And that news um, is owned by Murdoch. And I, I think the idea is that when you look at the assets, yeah, Tucker was an asset, but what really is the asset is all of the affiliates, the network itself, the, the, the cable channel, like it's in every home. That's a huge asset. Like, I think if you're thinking um, in terms of like, in terms of like hard assets of this particular corporation, they matter a lot more to the, to the bottom line if you're going to sell it than any particular personality with the idea that you can, you, you can, there are plenty of personalities that you can find. So if you have problematic personalities, just get rid of them in, in anticipation of the sale. That's one 
interpretation. And since Ed, there was this lawsuit, Ed, there was well, a lawsuit how many subscribers, against Tucker. How many subscribers is he going to lose because Tucker is no? It, it, not only is Tucker gone, but this perception that they've wronged Tucker. I mean, how many people posted about canceling their Fox Nation right. subscriptions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. The people are, yeah, that lasts like three follow. months. Everybody forgets. Nobody has any memory beyond three months. That's just everybody forgets it, right? So I think that uh, I, I, I think from I think yes, it was stupid to get rid of Tucker from a immediate bottom line perspective. And one of the things that these companies are finding out, Disney more than most, is that these streaming services don't pay at all. Um, it, you know, your your ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month or whatever. You cannot make money. Disney has lost like two and a half billion dollars per quarter, per quarter on Disney Plus. Now, the fact that they completely botched all of their, uh, you know, all of their intellectual properties, you know, by ruining, ruining Star Wars and ruining Marvel and ruining um, all the Disney princesses and stuff. And, you know, they ruined it. it you know, they have and, a, and they've gone Midas touch. Let's not forget they've gone woke. Yeah, well, it's the, it's the wokeness and the anti-Midas, and they've turned it to crap. But even Netflix, um, you know, with with their Cleo, Cleopatra as black documentary, documentary where Cleopatra is black, um, you know, Netflix is is shedding subscribers too. And the whole streaming model is just going down the toilet. Now, the whole television model is also going down as as advertisers dry up. And so what you get is you get a lot of these channels that are just subsisting, and CNN is one of these, by the way, um, just subsisting on subscriber fees from cable companies. So you pay for your cable bill, the cable company takes almost all of the money you pay for to the cable company, all goes to the channels. And, you know, the cable company keeps a little bit. And, you know, CNN gets like 80% of its funding from the cable company and 20% from advertisers. And Fox, the same way. And ESPN, they're all getting money from the cable companies rather than the subscribers. And it just, um, it's, the internet, people don't watch TV anymore. I don't watch TV anymore, you know? And I'm gonna watch watch Tucker. But you know what? I've never turned Tucker on. Don't watch TV the same way I used to, but I'm certainly gonna watch sports. You know what makes the yeah, most sense sports. to me? I, what makes the most sense to me is that Tucker Tucker looked at the situation himself and said, "I mean, I'm, I, I don't mean to put too many words or make it too egotistical for his part, but he looked at it, the situation and said, you know what? Rush Limbaugh didn't wasn't tied to anybody. He he became one of the wealthiest people around. He wasn't tied to anybody. He didn't have anybody telling him what he could or couldn't say. And I can do that too. I can set up my own." broadcast situation or or a different situation with OAN or Newsmax or whatever, or streaming or whatever he wants to do. And whether it's going to be a pay-per-view kind of thing where you get subscribers or, you know, like a Joe Rogan kind of thing. I don't know. It just, it seems to me that the, the best explanation for what happened is that Tucker was the driving force for this. And Tucker basically said, I'm not doing something that you want me to do. And I'm going to hold firm. And if you don't like it, I'll go and start my own company and I'll be the next Rush Limbaugh. That's what what, the most well, the thing is, Rush Limbaugh was not. Uh, OK, so and every rich guy is their own company. And even non-rich people like me is my, are our own company. But Rush Limbaugh 
Inc. had a deal with Clear Channel Communication, and he, they were the ones who paid him and, and distributed him. The thing about Rush was, you say he wasn't um, stopped. He wasn't. He could say anything he wanted. That is absolutely not true. For instance, he very, very rarely, rarely talked about LGBT issues. Now, with the trans craze in the last few years, we have no idea what Rush would have said had he survived. But, um, but he he never talked about that, and he very, very, very seldom talked about. For instance, the other hot button issues like race and and it's and crime. Race and crime is a real uh, tough issue to talk about, and the LGBT stuff. It, he rarely did that. I and I have a feeling he had know. strong I, opinions on both of those. I mean, I don't know if that's true, um, but I, I think any time that you're in in business and there's people that are relying on you or what have you, th there's going to be pressures for you to not do certain things, not say certain things. Period. Yeah, it, you're you're not you don't have complete free reign. It's just no, not possible. the 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 interest. Yeah, the interesting thing is like okay, so Tucker, he he wants Tucker Co. Well, okay, yeah, but like he he can he has his own studio in his house. He probably you know has to give back the cameras, but you know cameras are a few thousand bucks or whatever, and people and you can hire them. But now you've got your show, you've got your hour show, you can do it again. You know. Tucker Carlson this evening or whatever. So you're doing that and you have more money. Than God. How do you, how do you distribute it? You want, you, you want people to watch. How do you distribute it? Well, well I mean, you can't creating your own network is very, very expensive. It's hard. You it's say, really well, hard because put Fox it on is, YouTube. Fox is still a big brand, right? I mean, this goes to what I was saying sort of at the outset, like, how are you going to replace it? Just like, how are we going to replace Twitter and Facebook and all that? You have to have a platform. After yeah. Bill O'Reilly left, it does he have the same audience anywhere? No, Megyn Kelly. No, I mean, okay. So the, the thing is, I think, I think that um, Rumble and Odyssey are both free speech platforms right now. You can say more or less anything you want on those platforms, even if it's egregiously false or, um, you know, hateful, and people do do hateful things on those uh, platforms. But they are both reliant on single person. That person changes his mind or somebody gets to that person or that person dies and it goes to his heirs. That whole platform potentially goes the way of Fox, you know, with Lachlan Murdoch, you know, basically being the CEO nowadays and him being, uh, you know, a leftist and his wife being a wacko leftist. So again, it's like, okay, I'm going to invest and I'm going to use Rumble because Rumble's great. We like Rumble and Dan Bongino is an investor and we like him. And it's like, okay, that's great. And I like Rumble too. And I'm, you know, a subscriber and whatnot, but wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's I gotta hard. tell you, I mean, there's this perception that Fox, right. Is the right, is the right wing news, the right of center news and all the, all these people that work for Fox, but the majority of them are probably on the right. I just I, I don't believe that at all from some of the stuff that I read in the after, aftermath of this. Uh, a lot of people in the so-called straight news uh, uh, division of Fox, they were cheering, happy that that Tucker was gone. I'm sure they do the same if it were Hannity, the same if it were Laura Ingram. I think they're probably infiltrated with leftists. 
everywhere else except for for some of the the programs yeah. that you see at night. And Hannity, to, to Hannity strikes. I'm not a big. I'm not the biggest Hannity fan, but I mean, he strikes me as a as a kind of a shell for the Republican Party rather than an independent yeah. thinker. Well, and I mean, I like I like Ingram. You know, he's okay. I mean, and we were talking um, about Rush. There, there was a period of time where Rush was doing the bidding of the GOP, and he basically yeah. came out and admitted it. And he's like, you know, never again. It was probably uh, during the Bush years, if I remember right, but. The other thing yeah. is I heard that Tucker had assigned a, a five-year contract in 2021, anywhere between 20 and $40 million a year. So he's under contract to 2026. They say, well, how can you fire him? Well, just pay, pay him the money and tell him not to be on the show. So it, it could be that he's muzzled till 2026. I mean, that, that could be, you want this, you know, want the 60 to 120 million we owe you? See, that might be a question, whereas one of these future questions, and there's been various stories out there, is there a non-disclosure, a non-compete or not? Some people saying, no, none of those exist, which would be fascinating, because I can't imagine them wanting to pay out his contract without getting some kind of guarantees, and I don't see anybody walking away from $100 million. So I think that's going to be interesting what happens in the next few weeks with that. And and the fact that he hasn't said anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. it, it, here it is. It's it's Wednesday, and he got fired on Monday morning. He said he's enjoying retirement yeah. so far. That's what he said. Oh, is that and what he said? I just I don't think that. I don't think that finances are what has driven this situation. From regardless of which one of them precipitated the split, I just don't think either one. I think both. If, if finances were driving the the situation, they both had an incentive to stay to stay the course. Something else other than money is what's driving this. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But from his perspective, you're, you're Tucker. I, we don't know what the contract said. Um, you know, we, we did see that term sheet between Steven Crowder and, and daily wire. And, you know, that was, that was pretty harsh and pretty controlling, you know, pretty, very much a lot of chains in it. And uh, I can imagine that I can imagine that the Fox contract with Tucker has the same number of chains and that he's going to have to his lawyers and their lawyers. It's going to take three months to figure out how to get out of this contract. Uh, I don't expect to. I don't expect to hear from Tucker for three months. I think that's the bottom line. You should just go on vacation. I'm not a listener of Lauren Chen, whatever she calls herself. But she was bashing Crowder pretty good hearing what his contracts were saying with his people. Yes, I saw. I yeah, I do. I listen to Lauren She's very good. I he's with he's the Blaze. Didn't he? He does. Uh, Lauren Chen does an indi- indi- her individual show, but she also does shows for the Blaze. So that's Glenn Beck's organization. I think um, the her, her point was that uh, Crowder was um, complaining that the contract that Daily Wire, the terms that Daily Wire offered were very controlling, when in fact, his the terms the- he offers his own employees are is very controlled. And, uh, and so he's being a hypocrite. Um, and, you know, fine, that's fine. He can be a hypocrite. Um, but I, I'll tell you, somebody like Tucker is not going to want to work for Crowder. He's not going to work for Ben Shapiro. He's not going to want to work for Glenn Beck. Um, but on the other hand, 
I think he realizes, I think, you know, he's been red-pilled enough over the last 10 years to know that his voice is important in the public debate. So he's going to show up at some point if, if the lawyers will figure out a way to let him. All right. For the moment, let's let's segue. And since the last word you used was that dirty word, Ed M, comments on what's going on with this uh, Clarence Thomas billionaire business. Now they're pushing, you know, some other ethics things against Gorsuch. And if it can go anywhere, is it really a separation of powers that Congress has zero control over the Supreme Court? What are your thoughts? Uh, yes, Congress has zero control over the Supreme Court. Except they don't have to write checks. Well. The, the only control they have is control over its jurisdiction, except for the original jurisdiction granted in the Constitution. Um, but. Um, and the pay. I think it's they just about the the well. Huh? They don't have to pay them. Uh, no, the Constitution says that a judge's salary cannot be reduced while he's in office. Does it say that? Oh, okay. okay. Yes, they can't reduce their salary. They can't impeach them. If that's not going to happen. You know what? If the Democrats take back the Senate and have or take back the House and have enough votes, why wouldn't they? Yeah, but I mean, they, oh, they wanted to the get Senate. rid of Clarence Thomas House, for years. In the House, they would 100 percent. I don't think they would in the Senate. Now they're going after Gorsuch with something. So you think the SCOTUS is pretty um, well blocked off from any real threat? Well, it's not blocked off from the threat of poisoning the well and trying to to tarnish their, their reputations. I mean, I think that's really what we it's know. About. We know what the Democrats want to do. They don't like this the five, four, six, three conservative split. So they want to add justices. And this is just another way to try and um, mold public opinion towards when they have the power to add justices to the Supreme Court. And I think that um, one of the issues with with representatives and senators and and um, and Supreme Court justices uh, is that they are paid very little compared to the people in the circles around which they run. And so you end up with all of these people accepting gifts um, from, you know, lobbyists or or whatnot, flying on Epstein's private jet or whatever, and uh, not, but not just Epstein, everybody gets gifts from all sorts of companies. And I think that from the standpoint of Clarence Thomas, um, he accepted these gifts, these trips, and um, whether he, you know, reported them or didn't report them, I don't really care. Uh, you know, I don't really care about paperwork. The point is, you know, was it legal or was it not legal to accept these trips as gifts. And I, I think that, um, you know, I get, I get why it can seem a little shady. Especially that's what my question is, can Congress make it illegal for a Supreme Court justice to accept gifts? I don't know. I think they probably could. I mean, what's the bar? I mean, I guess. it's a, it, If we're saying they're co-equal, then neither can affect the other. Well, other than I mean, impeachment, what's the Article One, Section Eight power that would allow that? That would allow allow them to ban gifts to Supreme Court justices. I'm saying that. So where would they have the power to ban gifts? That's what I'm saying. Probably not. I don't think it's an Article One, Section Eight power, so they probably don't have that power. The, the, the same power that allows we, the, the the Fed to do a digital currency. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, uh, nothing but gold and silver can be made uh, legal tender. The um, I, I think if you look at Elena Kagan or the wise Latina Sonia Sotomayor, they're accepting gifts too. And, and the, the reason is they're not paid enough. I mean, I, they're paid less than I am. And I do not live a lavish lifestyle at all in the Northern Virginia area. And they get paid less than me. It's it's very expensive here, extremely. Yeah, but I, the problem with that argument is when you vie for a job and compete to get a job, you don't have any excuse that you don't get paid enough. So they they, they want don't they don't they get uh, paid to do speaking engagements? Yeah, I think they get a little of that too. But and and books yeah. and honorarium and yeah, I mean right. they, they yeah. want the jobs, so that part doesn't bother me. I just. My understanding is more and more, and I don't know that much about it, is that the co-equal branch thing keeps them totally walled off. And other than their own ethics rules, there's nothing Congress can do. Of course, it is funny that Congress does exempt itself from pretty much every ethic rule. So, but nobody's going to call them out either because they're co-equal. <laughs> so. Well, the one thing that Congress does not um, exempt itself from is the rules on uh, classification and um, and that is something they probably should uh, but they don't what do you mean um, well if a congressman releases classified information you know the government is not supposed to I mean it is against the law to classify something because it's embarrassing I just took security course yesterday if something is embarrassing to the government, you classify it for that reason, it, that's against the law and you can be sanctioned. Well, of course, the government does it all the time. And so if something comes to the, you know, some classified piece of information comes to the congressman and the congressman realizes this was classified because it was embarrassing and he goes and, and talks about it, they'll, they'll arrest his ass. I mean, and so they really ought to, you know, um, exempt themselves from the laws on classification. Um, I realized that back in the days when we were, you know, fighting the Soviets and, you know, a third of, of Congress were Soviet agents, uh, this probably, the suggestion of mine probably wouldn't have gone very well. But um, on the other hand, uh, you know, there's so much corruption that it's very difficult to, uh, to root it out if you're not allowed to talk about it. Okay. Um, major political uh, happenings this week. Biden announced he's running for president. I think the surprising part is with Kamala. And so apparently all the stuff about maybe he won't keep Kamala was just feigning or they don't have a way we, we, to get her. Rush, Rush called her Kami Harris. Kami yeah. Harris. Kamala. That's Kamala. Oh, we can call her all kinds of names. I think that's pretty good. She, does, she doesn't run in the primary. I mean, he could replace her at the convention if he wanted yeah. to. Well, yeah, well if you wanted to. The, the big issue is whether he's going to be the one that's the nominee. Yeah, it's interesting because the DCCC has already said no debates. All these, yeah. and I saw today Trump said, "I'm not going to any Republican debates." Yeah, uh, all, said all that. These, I think that the Democrats are scared scared out of their minds of RFK Jr. I mean, and that's why they don't want who to has double digit support. Is, is it ever a good thing when? A sitting president is challenged within his own party. I mean, usually it's a if you look sign, in the right? past for the well over a hundred years, the only presidents who have lost their reelection bids are the ones who have been challenged in a primary. 
by a significant candidate. So if well, you, you know, Trump 2020. Carter was, Carter, Bush, uh, you know, Bush senior was challenged by, um, Buchanan. Yeah. Buchanan. Uh, yeah. By Buchanan and, um, mm -hmm. Carter was challenged by, uh, what's his name? Ted um, Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. And, uh, well, um, and yes, I, I it, you know, Trump broke the mold, but that's only if you believe Trump lost the election. So, I mean, yes, Trump did not come with that, but. I mean, right now, Williamson yeah, well, and Kennedy are kind of coming out, you know, off the fringe. Whether Kennedy builds a big following is different than he's coming, you know, way out of left field where he's coming from. So I don't know if that's going to fit. I don't him. know. He might be coming out of right field. Yeah, but I'm saying, but he's coming he's, out of a different field. He's not a mainstream Democratic, you know. I mean, if you look at a lot of the, a lot of these polls, it's like nobody wants this guy to run again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if they just Kennedy is at like twelve or thirteen percent support in the Democratic polls, um, and that doesn't include people like me who intend to vote for him. You know, I, I I would not put it past Kennedy to get in the twenties and thirty percent. Now that doesn't mean victory, but wow, that is shaking stuff up. Kennedy is more the anti-Bernie this time around. I I think that is right. He's it's more of a challenge from the right. I, I could see him in really uh, appealing to some of the independents or um, moderate Democrats. The blue collar are, Trump voters. The few that are out there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I think he's more of a danger to him for the, the middle, people towards the middle. And I think to get back to Ed's comment about, you know, fairly, honestly winning elections, if they ran Biden out of the basement last time, that's going to seem like he was out there every day giving press conferences this time. I mean, uh, what he did, a 90-second videotape speech to say he's running. He's already said no debates. I don't think we'll see him at all. And yet, they've made the decision that it's worth running him, and they're not doing that to lose. So they figured they're going to pull it off again, hide him. It worked one time, it'll work again. And that's I, I, don't, I don't know when, you, but the four year a four year record and now being ninety nine years old or whatever he's going to be, I, I don't know. Yes, I, but I, Trump, I Trump, you know, I had an argument with somebody the other day. I can't remember who, since I argue so often. Does Trump have more or less support than he did in twenty twenty? I believe less. What do you guys say? I think a lot less. I, I don't less. think there's anybody. I don't think there's anybody who didn't support him in twenty twenty that now supports him. Right. So you you agree with me or I agree with you. Yeah. And in that case, why should they be scared of Trump at all? He'll stay in the basement. And if they beat him last time, they'll beat him more handily this time. That's how I tend to see it. Yep. So and I think that's really sad that they're confident they can, which is why I think they want Trump. Because Trump, I, I really I would have to think long and hard to figure out who Trump would have gained with. And especially he's heading in the direction to piss off more and more people. And well, DeSantis set up that even if he is going to run, I mean, A, there's articles they're gonna palinize him anyway, which is true, but Trump's gonna wipe out 10% of his support in a, in a general election and he can't win either. That's the way I see it. So actually uh, the Democrats are in pretty good shape. I, I, I agree to this extent, I'm not confident that Trump can beat him. Uh, <laughs> because again, he has it last time was 50-50, so to speak. 
and he's lost five. Well, he had the incumbency, and then he went out on the whole J six thing. Uh, I'm not. I'm not confident. I mean, like I, if, said, if, it's the, if it's the if it's the against against Biden, I think you have such a, a contrast there. Uh, and if well, all these polls are accurate, that they don't. Nobody wants this guy. I. I I think you know I'm, I'm probably the leading Trump critic on this show, and I, and every week I seem to invite Daniel to come back and defend Trump for me. But <laughs> I'm going to defend Trump this time. I I think he could wipe the floor with Biden, but the problem is Trump is not offering any compelling case for why to vote for him. All he's doing is is he's well, playing he, to all the worst stereotypes and all the worst things that people say about him. He's moved Maybe. to the left. Right. Some of, these, some of these ads that he's had about Medicare and Medi- Medi- Medicaid and all this, he sounds like a Democrat. And attacking DeSantis. He's not he's just attacking, DeSantis. attacking DeSantis. He's just attacking DeSantis's policies. But he's he's also whining about loyalty. I, I mean, I actually turned on Newsmax for a little bit last night. I mean, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, it's just not, the presentation isn't as good as Fox, right? But But they were completely pro-Trump. And they were showing the ad that he has running against DeSantis now. Like, he wasn't loyal. He would be nowhere without me if I didn't endorse him. It's like, that's politics, man. You cry, Stop crying like a baby. Well, Trump was very loyal, so. Well, I think that once DeSantis declares and starts raking in the money, I think he's going to just overwhelm Trump. That's my view on it. But my my larger point is, I think... I think Biden has been so horrible that Trump could beat him. But Trump has to stop being the baby that you're describing, Mike, and he has to start being well, a good politician. But and then you still have to think tactically about winning the states that he broke through on the last, the first time around. The right. Pennsylvania's, the right, Wisconsin, Georgia. I mean, and by the way, Trump, you can't win a Republican without Florida. Can we agree on that? And how in the world Florida's can Trump red, win? Yeah. Florida right now, basically putting them yes, on the level will. of Haiti. So what is he thinking? Which he's he's going to win Florida. I'm sorry. Florida, I, I Florida don't, is bad. Florida is bad. I, I think Trump, Trump is doomed unless he gets some coherence to his campaign. And he is just flailing about like he's a fish on the dock, man. He is just flailing about hoping he's he can land in the water. He's obsessed with DeSantis, and that's why he's flailing. No, I think he'll tick off enough people in Florida that he could lose Florida. I mean, he's calling them an asshole already. And you know what? People will stay well, home. They're not going to I think well, it's funny. Didn't DeSantis come out and say something about helping him pack and go to California? <laughs> it's like he lives in Florida. Yeah, it's don't so bash bad. It's so bad. Don't bash a state where you choose. Okay, come on. In furthering yeah. what Ed was saying, I mean, I, likewise, I said that there's just there's no coherence to his campaign. He's not he hasn't put forth a compelling reason to vote for him. He's been a declared candidate for almost six months now. Yeah. What is his what is his platform other than I'm entitled to be president? No, and I wouldn't in. say that. It's also I'm going to do everything I didn't do the first four years. Right. Well, okay. he, he does put out some carefully crafted policy videos that I've seen and love. But when he goes and gives, uh, you know, uh, rally speeches, he mm-hmm. goes well off the track. Because, Whoever writes those policy uh, I mean, videos is great, but he, he's I don't even know whether mojo, Trump believes him. Right? He's lost his mojo, right? I think he's lost it's, his mojo. It's hard, it's hard to get it back. But I think now that he's now that he's the first time around. 
now that he's been president, he's lost some mystique or some hope. You know, if the first four, if you're running on, I'm going to do what I didn't do the first four years, I think that's kind of weak because, well, if you didn't do it the first four years, why would you do it now? That's what I'm stuck with. Right. He's he's running as if he is if it's 2016 and he doesn't have a record and there's nothing to compare, you know, right. what he did. This before. time he's going to drain the swamp. Well, why didn't you do it? I get it. you didn't do it the first year. I mean, why did you do it the next three years? It's seven, I, mean, seven, seven, seven. I don't know whether you guys listened to that clip of Robert F. Kennedy that I uh, sent when, uh, you know, his, not clip. It was an hour long speech that he gave to introduce his candidacy. But, you know, he, he was really interesting. He he said. Uh, he said, you know, he's running against the deep state. That's his thing. And he explained that he thought it was really good that Trump was trying to drain the swamp. But then he explained, but, you know, he really didn't do it. And he said that he, Kennedy, um, is very familiar with the swamp. And uh, he, that was his, you know, that's his mess, what he's running on, is draining the swamp. And I'm like, wow, he's really trying to pick off the Trump voter with somebody more competent and, you know, bring him back into the Democrat fold than Trump. And the weird thing is like DeSantis isn't running on draining the swamp. I haven't heard anything about running him about, you know, getting rid of the CIA or the, you know, the FBI, not getting rid of, but, you know, scaling back the CIA, the FBI, the FDA, the CDC, all these things. I haven't heard anything out of DeSantis that well, at least he's got other stuff he because he's not running he, he, yet. He's been more of a, he, he's running been, yet, and he's been more of a cultural warrior, right? Look, just lost Ed. The, the anti the Ed just no, got tuckered. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just remember, last not week so I said last week on the show I said DeSantis could choose. RFK Jr. as a running mate, as a real outside the box. Pick. I said yes, no labels. I didn't know that would be interesting. I said it'd be interesting. My other problem with RFK Jr. is the way I see it, he has no backing at all in Congress. I I don't see how he would get anything done if he could become president. I think both sides would sabotage him. Well, Trump didn't have any backing in Congress. That's why he didn't get anything done. And how'd we lose your video? Yeah. Ed, you've never looked I have to turn off my video because I had to turn around and uh okay, no sit problem. my other desk for a second. No, uh, but I'm still here. Thought, you he got turned his back. back, he turned his back on it. No I problem. did. I had to turn <laughs> around and look at in my desk for something, and I didn't want you to stare at my back for <laughs> no problem. You know how rumors get started out here. For all we know, you moved I'll tell you. in. So yes, I that's what I wonder about Robert Kennedy. Could he get anything yeah. done anyway? Because the left well, is going to treat him like a traitor, and I that, don't know if he has a constituent. That's not going to happen. I, I'd probably put more money on a Tulsi Gabbard than him, though. Put the two of them together, maybe. I mean, I don't mind at all that he's running, and I'm glad he's out there making noise. Um, well, he don't forget he's got that last name that still has a lot of weight. Yeah, but I think I think the Southern John guy is starting to change that name you know when i hear a kennedy i still flash back but i don't know that young people do anymore i don't think the kennedy name is automatically associated that much way it is for us old folks you know who lives with <laughs> bobby kennedy being shot etc cetera, etc cetera. um i want to turn to Fauci What's before i was born what's that yeah it's pretty scary <laughs> stuff Mike. thanks for rubbing it in um i like fauci basically now squirming 
<laughs> yeah. You blame me for the lockdowns. Nobody should have listened to me. Yeah. Oh, sure. We saw that one coming, didn't we? Yeah, mm -hmm. he's uh, well. Weasels will do. And the media's uh, and the media's uh, going with it. You know, I mean, they're well, trying to defend it. Yes, I guess in some ways, it technically he's not. Technically, I guess in a way, he's not wrong, right? Like. He didn't well, really do it. But that doesn't make <laughs> Bill Murphy Trump did very it. Strong, does it? Bill Murphy did it. Cuomo did it. Well, that's like Trump saying he, think... he didn't orchestrate the lockdowns. Yeah. Nobody I mean, did. Apparently, it's hard happened by themselves. It, it's hard to judge Fauci, right? You know, obviously, who, who knows what the law says? But Fauci is personally responsible for implementing policies that killed hundreds of thousands of people. Now, whether that's wait a minute, Ed, 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 he can be convicted. Ed, Ed, Ed excuse but, me, You're giving him a little credit here. You're skipping, and I know you believe it. You're skipping the fact that he may have paid for the virus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, maybe millions of people. Let's not, let's not, let's not skip that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, all right. So millions of people, but um, possibly, yeah. But yeah, I mean, whether he could ever be convicted in a uh, you know non-Nuremberg style court, I don't know. But if you're going to do Nuremberg trials on the uh, on the um, uh, uh, COVID totalitarianism, he he would be the um, you know Heinrich Himmler of uh, of defendants, right? And um, I, I think he'd be that sitting uh, in the dock with Trudeau isn't Trudeau basically saying I didn't do anything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Trudeau. Uh, and the truth is that the Trump acquiesced. He, he didn't want to do the lockdowns. He, I, I knew he didn't want to do them. And as soon as he said the first 15 days, he wanted to get out of that. Um, I, I give him some credit. But then he signed on for another 30 days and he signed every bill but, that funded it. But then he signed up for another 30 days and signed every bill that funded it. So, I mean, you know, it, it that's, was, um, you know, as Ed Mazdish has been preaching, man. that's Trump's very, very weak spot here. Fauci's right. I, I swear to God. Buck stops at the Oval, um, that big desk, what do they call that desk again? The Resolute yeah. Desk or something? The Resolute Desk, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Biden and Trump are are mirror images. Well, they're not, they're the same on, on COVID. Trump did the vaccine, Fauci pushed the vaccine. Trump did the lockdowns, Biden yeah. did the lockdowns. Trump spent tons of money on you know, giveaways to people because they're out of work. Biden spent tons of money on giveaways. Um, you know, the one thing Trump didn't do is because it was so late, he didn't actually implement any vaccine mandates, whereas Biden did. But the truth of the matter is they're the same. And again, there's these thousand dollars that are lying in the middle of the road. RFK has picked up that thousand dollars and he's running on. I don't know whether DeSantis wants to pick up that thousand dollars. The thousand dollars is the vaccines were a mistake and we should never rush a vaccine ever again. I mean, not only medically and scientifically did it not make any sense to vaccine into to, to push a vaccine into a pandemic, because all that does is make, uh, you know, resistant organisms, which is what it did. But um, the whole idea that you can have, you know, effective safety tests in, in six months is ridiculous. So I think, and, and that's primarily because when you develop a new drug for a disease, like, like cancer, 
you develop a new drug for cancer, you only give it to people with cancer, right? Who are gonna die. So like if it has bad side effects, you, got, you weigh those against death. But vaccine, you give to everybody, the healthy people, everybody. So you, you gotta weigh, it, it's a completely different calculus. That's why vaccines take 10 years to approve. Not that the vaccines that they've approved are any good anyway, that's all another story. But like RFK Jr. has picked up that and he's running with it. And, and if DeSantis doesn't pick it up and we just get Trump versus Biden again, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, um, it's like Romney and Obama running on Obamacare. And they, why are all, nothing to say to one another. Why is Trump being so successful squeezing certain body parts and getting so many endorsements from Republicans already before DeSantis is even in the race. And are we disappointed in all these Republicans running? Even Zeldin now came out endorsing him. Half of the Florida contingency in Congress came out for him apparently. How is he getting them all to commit so early? Don't know. And I mean, he's, I think he's doing a really good job of heading DeSantis off at the pass. By the time DeSantis comes in, He's been unendorsed by everybody, and then what? Not the oh. necessarily endorsements. I don't really. Think, I don't think the endorsements matter. I haven't even heard of a single endorsement he's got. Who cares? Apparently, people do because people run to get Ooh. him. I don't. I don't know if voters do. Maybe donors do. Obviously, somebody cares because that's why they bother. I think as soon as DeSantis announces that he's running, the donors are going to flock to him. He's going to have a war chest that's going to dwarf Trump's. 80. Interesting. And I wonder which he, he's got to get in soon. It'll be, I would say, because by the end of June. Yeah. If Trump is going to knee jerk oppose everything DeSantis does, it's going to be really interesting to see which corners DeSantis can push Trump into. You know, if, if DeSantis comes out for Christmas, you know, what's Trump going to do? And it's going to, it's kind of funny watching that. I don't even think he has to I go think Trump is, I mean, Trump is attacking the policies that DeSantis is pursuing in Florida. And those are policies that every conservative, every person voting in a Republican primary is for. And those are going to make for some really good TV, TV ads when DeSantis starts running commercials. Remember that most people, like 90% of people do not vote based on reason, logic, issues. You know, they vote on emotion, they vote on uh, relatability, um, they vote on whether they think the candidate's, uh, you know, in their corner, hint, none of them are. Um, does he feel their pain? So, yeah, does he feel their pain? These emotional issues. I know my aunt, whom I love, um, she's a wonderful person. She's been a Republican all her life, but she actually, shook John F. Kennedy's hand when he was running in 1960 and swooned and voted for John F. Kennedy that, that, uh, that, and, you know, and I, I that's a that true story question, and it's totally believable. And does she still vote for him? No, no. I mean, I, I, I'm going to push, I, you know, she's a Republican in a state where it matters. So she probably would have to re-register as a Democrat to vote for RFK Jr. But, um, 
But yeah, I mean, no, she's a solid Republican. She's been a Republican her, her entire life. And, you know, she's a wonderful person. I love her to death. But before I was born in 1960, she shook Kennedy's hand and swooned and voted for Kennedy. And that's a lot of people do that. Oh, not just swoon because the person is handsome, but this emotional connection you feel with the candidate. And there are a lot of people who feel this emotional connection with Trump. DeSantis doesn't do it. He doesn't have that emotional connection. He hasn't yet shown me can, that he has How can has you say one way or the other? Connection. He's not campaigning. He's not out there. Um, he does have that well, reputation even, in Florida. Um, personally, yeah, he does. not really care. But he definitely has that reputation. And I think, unfortunately, Ed P is correct on that. And that's horrific because I'd much rather have a cerebral guy like DeSantis who's got fortitude than the guy who makes me feel good. But I think, Ed P, you know, you're not the only one who says that. And that's super sad. I mean, all Bill Clinton has to do is say, I feel your pain and nobody votes for him. And it's just, yeah, I mean, the electorate is not all that bright. As I want to remember, remember when um, Clinton played the remember when Clinton played the saxophone on one of the late night shows, Arsenio Hall or one of those. Yep. Like he was so cool. He played the saxophone with the glasses and everything like people relate to that. And when did Bill Clinton's saxophone playing ever make a difference in his presidency? But that's swung a huge amount of people. I could say it. a whole bunch of things, but then I'm going to be accused of a hostile work environment. So I will leave. The things that he blows air into everybody's imagination. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, debt ceiling, folks. They what passed a the bill in the House today raising the debt ceiling and trimming a lot of spending. And that will go to the Senate and die. And die. And then and what's going to happen? Right. And they, it, it, probably well, was, it probably was only cuts in the rate of increase of spending. That's usually what it is. All, all I know is that the GOP should change their logo from an elephant to a cave. I think that would be. I'm sorry, to a what? Oh, cave. a cave. To a cave. Yes, a cave. Uh, yes. <laughs> did their bill, <laughs> did, did the spending cuts include spend, cuts to the military budget? You know, I it just came out right before the program that I, uh, of the alert, on, and so I haven't read the details. I know. I think that would be, a, that would be a game changer for them. And I think it, Given what's going on in the world today, they should be up for cutting the military budget. They should be cutting back on all these foreign adventures that Biden is getting us involved in. They should they should say, you know what, we're going to take spending cuts seriously and we're going to cut even cut the defense budget. And and they should they should call the Democrats bluff on that. Someone who works for the defense establishment. establishment. <laughs> I, I they should make you Secretary of Defense, Ed. So yeah, no, I mean, there are obviously things. The military is in a weird situation in in the sense that it's there are lots of good ideas about how to do things better, and so there's lots of these little programs to do this and do that and do this kind of missile and that kind of missile and this kind of prototype and that kind of prototype, and and like that's kind of good because without all this you know, idea generation, um, you know, we don't get any technological advancement. On the other hand, taking some good idea and running with it into a program, very difficult and likely, you know, and very bureaucratic. And uh, the administrative burden on people, you know, the military spends millions of dollars to prevent the 
waste, fraud, and abuse of thousands of dollars, right? I mean, it's just so overregulated that you can't get anything. Um, but like, take take like the aircraft carriers. Like, everybody loves aircraft carriers. I love aircraft carriers. I've read lots about World War II battles. And I've been on an aircraft carrier. I think they're great. They're giant targets, giant targets, right? If you're fighting in the Persian Gulf, they're great ways to protect power. If you're fighting against it, what's called a near peer adversary, they're giant targets. They might as well just paint the target on the side. So what we need are thousands of little, mostly automated ships with lots of missiles on them. You know what I mean? But oh my God, the admirals don't want to give up their big boats, you know? And, and the same thing with the Air Force. You know, the Air Force loves their, their manned fighter planes. But what we really need are lots of little unmanned autonomous fighter planes with missiles on them that can engage. You know, it, it, the, we, we're beyond the band, we're beyond the big man things. We're into the lots of little autonomous things, and that's and there are lots of programs in the Department of Defense that are doing that are that are exploring these ideas. But they're not. None of them are big programs. None were done by Lockheed because Lockheed doesn't know how to do that or Raytheon. They, they just don't know how to do that. They don't know how to be agile. So I, I think that um, the United States is going to, like Biden said, defend Taiwan from China. Then we need to shift our military spending towards more survivability and more lethality. Um, I think a cut would probably be disastrous, but that if we're going to defend Taiwan, if we're not going to defend Taiwan, then yes, you can cut it. But in, you know, at, sorry to say, this, at the end of the Napoleonic Wars in 1815, the British Navy took on the responsibility and cost of the freedom of the seas. And that made world trade explode in the aftermath of 1815. At the end of the Second World War, the United States took on that responsibility, the freedom of the seas. We guaranteed that, you know, for the most part, you can't be hijacked. I know there was a problem in Somalia there for a while, but that got solved by the U.S. Navy. And not just the freedom of the seas, but the freedom of the skies. And the United States is doing that just like the British did it at our own expense. We're not getting reimbursed for it, but the magnitude of the benefit to everyone on earth of the ability to have cargo planes and cargo ships travel without being intercepted and destroyed is like half the GDP of the world. So. You know, it's certainly a quarter of the GDP of the world. And, you know, so to say, well, the United States should not do that because why are we doing that? Um, we're getting, you know, we're getting all the cost and we're only getting a little bit of the benefit. I'm like, yes, but the benefit is enormous. So, again, that is a cost to the United States that we see in our defense budget, but the benefits are distributed and and you know, spread across the entire world. And when we took over from the British, it it's something that like 
we have to understand how much of what we're looking at right now, look around your room, how much we're looking at right now in our lives is dependent upon this freedom of the seas and freedom of the skies. Um, so I, I know I'm in a, I'm not I'm arguing from a selfish position because I work for the defense establishment, but I think cutting the defense budget right now um, would probably be a mistake. Sorry about that. Eve, you're muted. We're muted. We're going to start winding down. So let's talk about what we didn't talk about, Mike. Um, real quick, we didn't talk about this whole thing with Biden um, subsidizing people on their mortgages by uh, basically coercing people who have good credit to pay a higher rate on theirs. <laughs> it just, this is a very, very big deal since yeah. people in my circle are in real estate this is a very I, I shared that story with a couple of people that are not very political and they 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 were incredulous that that such a program could be put into place yep I'm, that's some of the reaction i've gotten from one or two people it can't be can't be such a thing yeah this is a disaster like, to flip all of credit score on its head why haven't we seen why hasn't the rnc started running ads immediately I mean, wouldn't an effective opposition party immediately go to the what? airwaves and show what? how ridiculous that that is? Yeah, but wouldn't, wouldn't be, how, about an effective, how about an effective presidential candidate? Well, yes. I mean, if we had one. I mean, I mean, he, he should be hounding him every day about every little thing he does, shouldn't he, Trump? Instead of worrying about DeSantis, he should Instead be going over hounding DeSantis. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Make your case. It's like, here you go. Okay, you're successful. You you play by the rules. You do the right things. And he's a real estate and, guy. And, and, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fascinating. This is going into effect, I believe, May the first, and yep. this is going to be really, really yeah. fascinating. People structure twenty years of their life to get a good credit score so they can save yeah. money on the house. Is it really Ed Ed M? You nailed it. It is unbelievable, and how. I keep asking, where does the president get this power from? Yeah. Why does anyone listen? But where's the motivation on this? Too? Just, just the whole re redistribution of Punish wealth. the rich. Punish I'm the guessing rich. Steve, a lot of it, the rich are rich liberals, too. You know, even first of all, I think that it, there was a rule. I think it's from rulemaking. I think it's an administrative agency rule because I, I talked to some people that said that it was published in February, I think. And that there's been comment. There's been a comment period. So I think it was from an administrative agency yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, where does he get that power? I mean, you know, that from yeah. the from you know yeah. the agencies. Yeah. You know, Congress delegated power to the agencies, and basically, that's this is just the way that the federal government is going to require banks to structure their loans. It's so unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I feel stupid telling people about it because I sound like I'm an idiot. Like that doesn't make any sense there. Uh, they're, they're doing their best to have um, a housing bubble burst 2.0, right? I mean, <laughs> that that's one thing. And that, you know, besides or on top of what they're trying to do by forcing projects into every suburb. It's, Are you yeah, sure that yeah. that's going to burst the housing market, though, Mike? I mean, it's going to make it more affordable for people who can't afford to pay for mortgages now. I mean, they may be thinking uh, the opposite. What, what weren't giving mortgages to people who couldn't afford them the problem the last time around? <laughs> right, but that didn't that didn't go bust for 
you know, almost 10 years. I mean, it really started in 1998 with the long-term capital and, you know, 1998, 1999. And it took until 2007, 2008 for it to, to blow up. So for you three, you're still going to be young then. <laughs> yeah, this is really, and again, you know, it just gets kind of dropped on the public. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. And the whole market turns topsy-turvy. Nobody even thinks ahead what this could cause, like you're saying. And well, it's maybe it's just part of equity. And what it is, what is, what is equity? Everybody's going to have the same amount of pain. We're going to punish. No, no not everyone's going to have the same amount of pain. If you have a bad credit score, you're going to have pleasure. And I wonder if they're going to do this to cars somehow. They'll find some way to regulate cars like this. I mean, forget about what they're doing now. I do know we're going to have to buy a car in this decade. Anybody who, like myself, my car is 18 years old. You better buy the best, most reliable, gasoline-powered car that you can get sometime in this decade because the crazy people are after the gasoline car. Yes, and by the way, if, uh, if Biden wins another term, I don't know that that'll ever be overturned. It may be too late. And we're going to be driving these electric cars somehow. And somebody else the other day just said the same thing. Yeah, but they got a big tax credit. <laughs> and I heard a liberal on, I forget what show it was, but it was a liberal talking to a liberal. And they, the liberal lady was like, what do I care about a tax credit? I need the money to pay. I can't, what does it help me a tax credit six months from now? I don't have $60,000. And, and, and from a systemic point of view, we don't have the electricity. No. We have the electricity for people to play with electric cars. She also we, said that. The number said, of plants. She said, wait a minute. Didn't they like tell everybody, please don't use electricity in California already? So what's going to yeah. happen the next heat wave? And yet, you they, know, they get away with it. All I know is I, also I pull into a gas station and I'm there for five minutes and I fill up and I'm gone. Uh, it's going to be fun waiting in line to charge your car on the highway. I'm sitting there for... That's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Sitting for at least a half an hour, maybe hours. Yeah. yeah. Like for those of us who like. Yes. Yeah, so I told distances. I, I told you the story. Uh, I was helping Lauren Southern with her documentary on guns. And when they went to Texas, I didn't go with them. And the guy driving around had a text, had a Tesla. And he was so proud of it because it was cool. And it is cool. Teslas are cool. But he was driving around Texas. Texas is huge. And they ended <laughs> up having to stop and like, wait 45 minutes for it to charge like when they were trying to get stuff done and wait till they do this to I would like, drivers yeah oh well they can i mean there's no way but yeah I I agree. there's no way why shouldn't they we're, we're in crazy town ed p quick yeah we're on crazy story town. we didn't get to all right we started the program about tucker being canceled i'm going to end the program with a quote from a woman who is going to be fired probably this year, um, Candace Owens. Um, America is transforming into a dystopian nightmare. We recognize our intelligence agencies are terrorists. At first, overseas, they staged revolutions, installed puppet presidents, murdered and imprisoned civilians, all in the name of, quote, democracy. Now the CIA is fighting for, quote, democracy in America, using the same trick, staging revolutions and interfering with our elections by looking, locking up political dissidents. The FBI led the January 6th insurrection. Now, no one cares when trans 
transgender people are doing this. And further, they have indicted Trump himself. The anti-Christian hate crime that took place in my own city when three elementary school children and three grown adults were murdered by a transgender person. Did the government come out in defense of Christianity? No, the government defended transgenderism. President Biden said, we see just as you are, made in the image of God, deserving dignity. Then the press secretary said, our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. A member of the trans community quite literally attacked Christians, left a manifesto, killed six people, and the White House wants you to know that responding to that vicious attack is disturbing to them. I, I got to give Candace credit. Um, this is from her mailing list, which I am on. And um, she is pushing the envelope. And I like that she's isn't pushing she, the envelope. Isn't she but like Daily you Wire or Blaze or something? No, she works for Ben Shapiro on the Daily Wire. Daily Wire, so they would can her? I, she's getting there. She is definitely getting there. So um, Ben Shapiro walks a very fine line um, in what he says uh, to stay on YouTube. Now, Matt Walsh has been completely de uh, um, demonetized on YouTube. $100,000 a month hit that he took. And um, I think that a lot of the anti-trans or the people who question the trans ideology are now going to be platformed from YouTube. YouTube's taken the the decision that's not going to be no longer going to be be allowed. Um, but on the other hand, uh, going after the CIA and the FBI is uh, is very dangerous for um, an employee like uh, Candace. And I would be. I would be shocked if she lasts the year at Daily Wire. Maybe well, she could go work for Tucker. If that happens, they'll be proving her right. All right. Well, yeah. you heard it first today. Tucker's going to be a verb. It's going to be up there with Bork Tuckered. and Palin Eyes. It's going to be Tucker. Adam, as always, Tuckered. clean up. Uh, I'll just pick the same story I picked last week. The manifesto is still secret. They won't release the manifesto. Ed, you alluded to it. You mentioned it. Yeah. Why don't we know what's in that manifesto? Why won't they release it? Yeah, I saw I another story to today that the cops, the cops down there won't release it. I guess, you know, the obvious first question is who is the one not releasing it? Who's the one pressuring them not to release it? And is anybody uh, suing this? Well, who's not releasing it is the, uh, it's, it's the uh, you know, national cops or the FBI. And who's pressing them not to release it? I think that's obvious. The usual suspect. Which usual suspect? Well, the trans, you know, lobby, the LGBT lobby. Oh, but they're the, pushing. Is this coming you know, from the Justice Department? Is it coming from state? Yes, it, it's coming from, from the, the top down. The feds, but from the bottom, from the lobbying organizations towards. Why is nobody quote leaking it? I mean, come on, this is not hard. To Maybe because it's locked in a desk. Because it doesn't hurt right wingers. I mean, you put this. I mean, there's only contract. one copy and it's locked in a desk. Which is also hard to believe that there's one copy. What, this was printed and never put online? Uh, as far as we know, it was written. Yes, it was written I, in, I, in hand. I think Ed M had the, uh, the hashtag that we need. Re release the manifesto. Let's get it trending. There we go. All right. So indulge me in one more real quick. Of course. This one's a little bit more lighthearted. So I don't know if you guys um, heard this story about Anthony Bass, who's a pitcher on the Blue Jays, who unfortunately was traded from the Marlins. Bass was on the Marlins. Um, 
and he he um ignited a little bit of a firestorm because his pregnant wife who was on a plane on United Airlines flight with her two toddlers um apparently the toddlers made a mess on the plane popcorn all over the place and he was pissed off that the airline was making his pregnant wife clean up the mess and some people got mad at him for I guess I guess being I don't know entitled or something to actually even request that when you know it, I guess it was his kids and they were at fault I don't know I don't see the big controversy here to me you're the airline you provide a service and if a bunch of kids are on the plane and they make a mess that's for the stewardesses and by the, the way I think this is controversial and I haven't decided which side I'm on and I'm a parent of a whole bunch of kids with lots of popcorn and pretzels in my car. I'm not convinced which side is correct. Anybody want to give a real quick opinion on it? I, I gave mine. And plus, even, even if you think the parent should do it, just by virtue of the fact that she was, what, nine months pregnant? You're going to make her do it? Oh, come on. Well, you make the mess, you clean it up. That's what I was taught when I was a kid. I, I don't have to not, not if you're Not if you're a worker in the service industry. If she went to a restaurant and they made a mess on the floor, the waiters and the waitresses and everybody, they would have to clean it up. Can we step back my, and I stop my thinking, piece. Can, we, can we stop trying to fit this into some philosophical principles? I think, Mike, you hit the nail on the head. Nine months pregnant or eight months pregnant or whatever she was, come on. Take care of the woman. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Okay, I think if we you're got nine two months pregnant, you have no business being on an airplane. Well, you have to lie to get on an airplane with nine months pregnant, but I think we got a two on two because I'm leaning towards Ed P on this one. And <laughs> when you're talking about the amount of mess that they're talking about, you should be stopping your kids. And there's something abusive. I, I have this issue sometimes even in a movie theater, how much popcorn can I throw on the floor and still say it's their problem. So, and sometimes you feel guilty in a stadium, unless it's a New York stadium. With that, we <laughs> We will close off today's show. We will be back next week, regular time, hopefully with at least five of us, five of us once again. Please share any feedback you may have to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com. I wish everyone a wonderful evening.